Cold Weather Bats, what's up? This is Brandon Justice coming to you to talk about Great Lakes Bat Company. As you guys know, the show is sponsored by Great Lakes Bat Company, and you can buy a hat on their website at greatlakesbatco.com. Upon that, you can do tons of other things too. You got a team, organization, whatever it is, they got you covered. Whether it's uniforms, custom bats, custom fitting for bats, custom fungos, custom wood bats, trainers, you name it, they got it. GreatLakesBatCo.com. Welcome into another episode of Cold Weather Bats. I am one of your two co-hosts, Brandon Justice. Joined by me, as always, is Brian Sikowski. Uh, we've got a loaded episode coming at you today with two interviews. We've got head coach of West Bloomfield, Josh Bernberg, in, uh, one of the state's top young coaches and quite fastest risers for his age. So we talk with him about his journey, how we got here. He gives advice to some young coaches out there looking to uh, grow in that department and then talks a little bit about everything with uh, West Bloomfield as well and use his upcoming spring season. And then we also talk with Jonah St. Antoine out of Forest Hills Eastern. He is committed to Pittsburgh uh, in the ACC, and he breaks down his journey, how he got to where he was at, uh, his recruitment with Pitt and the nature of that. So he really sheds some light there and gives some people idea an idea of what it's like to be recruited for those who uh, maybe haven't been yet that are looking to know about it. So with all that being said, Brian, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good, man. You know, we're... Uh I, we're getting there. I know we've been kind of shitty. Pardon, you know, stay right there with the word shitty as far as the uh, um, do keeping this up. Like you know, keep doing this weekly. Blah blah blah. We've done a we've done a bad job of like recording half of an episode and then leaving it for a week before we finishing it, finish it, and then getting it to James to do the production stuff, and then we finally get it. We've just been little bad at it. So apologies for that. We're, we're as of us recording this, if you're listening to this, then that means we have three full episodes recorded, including this one. Um, so the month of March should have no problem having a weekly episode is what I'm trying to say. Uh, but yeah, we've, we're doing the player draft. We're doing the team draft. We're going to do the big preview episode where we make our state championship picks and unveil the first super 25. All of that is on its way this month, the month of March. So I'm excited to be fully back. I'm excited to be, uh, to be something of a content factory once more, but yes, great conversations with Josh. Great conversations with Jonah. Um, Brandon, I figure we'll just, uh, if you want to, I, I think we planned on this opening segment, more or less just kind of being uncommitted guys. We like around the state. I have seen a bunch of them the last few weeks at indoor showcases, uh, guys from every class, but you know, 22, 23, 24, Brandon uncommitted guys just for the next 10 or 15 minutes. Who do you like? Who's, who's still out there? Shoot. I think five, uh, five is a good way to start. Uh, we can go back and forth on it. So one of us doesn't rain sure. too long and we get lost in our picks and I'll start off with, Probably some people at home who aren't surprised with who I'm starting off with, and that's fine. But I'm going to start off with Drew Hill. I mean, we've been talking about him quite a bit here over the past uh, couple of episodes. In fact, I'll just take both Hill brothers to kick us off. I think that's sure. fair. Uh, so you got Drew Hill, class 2023, is a junior. Brennan Hill, class 2024, is a sophomore. And two different players, uh, both lefty lefties, but Drew is more of a two-way uh, product. I think Brennan can 
can become that. Uh, we were we didn't know if Drew was going to be a two way going into last year, and he hardly pitched in the spring. Um, he's expected to pitch a lot more this year for them. He'll probably end up being their number two or three behind uh, one of Brennan Hill or Arsenal or Tedesco. I think they've got four real solid guys there. Um, mm-hmm. Drew Hill hit eleven home runs as a sophomore. He took things into summer ball with Arsenal with us last year. Uh, we went down to a lot of tournaments, went down to WWBA, went down to the other companies, nationals, went down to a couple of other bigger tournaments. And he did. I mean, he was he had our, the most hits. He had the uh, most extra base hits or one of the more extra base hits. He was our RBI leader um, with like a lot of room too. like he was far away our RBI leader. So, you know, he's performed on big stages. He's performed against good pitching. He's performed against bad pitching. I just think he's a guy that uh, has been getting a lot of looks and will continue to get a lot of looks, but he's uncommitted still. And so I don't think it's a worry of whether or not he's going to get recruited. He has been recruited. It's just a matter of him still being uncommitted and being one of the better ones in his class. Uh, And then Brennan Hill, you're talking more primary pitcher guy, long, lanky, lefty with a lot of arm side run, a lot of movement on every one of the pitches. Uh, high IQ, advanced for his age. He's you know lucky to be a, a product of a baseball family with the dad, Jason Hill, and then the older brother, Tyler Hill, who's at Davenport. And then, of course, Drew, who he's able to kind of compete with an iron sharpens iron type of deal in that house. So, uh, yeah, I think those two are surefire Division One baseball prospects. Uh, I don't know what the ceiling is for them or or what it may be. I think Drew's got more of a compact body and that's maybe held him back in the recruitment process a little bit. Whereas Brennan's more, he's taller, lankier, bigger feet kind of deal. So it's easier to look at him and see the projection, uh, especially on the mound. Uh, he's just got more velo than Drew in that department. But yeah, I, I think that both of those brothers are, are sure things for the division one uh, baseball and two of the better uncommitted kids in the state uh, in both their classes, but also regardless of class. Yeah, I'm with you. And, you know, we're going to talk about some 22s, some 23s. You talked about a 23 and a 24 there. Um, I'll leave you to talk about the 122 I know you want to talk about. Uh, So I'm going to start out with Luke Cole from New Boston Huron. I just saw him a couple weeks ago in Toledo uh, at the Great Lakes Indoor, which is a PG event that I've been talking about on here for a while. It's this happens every year. A Michigan guy who blew up over the offseason comes and blows up on a national stage and gets an invite to PG National, like the whole deal. Luke Cole was that guy this year. He was great. It's an athletic body. He's up to 93 with a really good slider. Um, understand there was some maybe concerns with the strike throwing last year. I know he's a D-backs elite guy, so it makes sense that we're talking about him on a show with you and when we talk to Josh Bernberg. Um, but yeah, like I, the velocity upside is really good. It's a quick arm. I, I just like I like that quite a bit. And then like I'll just stick from the same event, 2023 arms, and Andrew Abler from Novi, Novi High School. Uh, first time we'd seen him, first time he'd been to a PG Showcase. I, I had a conversation with his dad, um, kind of instructed him to the process, got him there. He was great, up to 90, advanced changeup, can spin the ball, 6'1", 200. Has some upside as a right-handed bat too, but I think you know long-term he's probably best on the mound. Either way, uh, another guy that was sort of out of nowhere for me, from my perspective, and, and now is ranked within the top 500 in the country on, on PG. He's number 487 overall, number 12 in the state. I just Those two arms, definitely D1 guys, definitely guys that uh, people should be on. Yeah, uh, completely, completely agree. Um, And especially 
Well, I'm both really, but especially Cole. I mean, we've been talking about him for. I saw Abler too, and he's he's been he's he was good even two years ago, even though the Vila wasn't there like as much as it is now. Like he still he pitched right. So, um, and then we talk about Cole. We've been talking about him seemingly in each episode um, that we've discussed him, player draft, team draft, and now here. So. I'm going to stick to what you said. <laughs> you know what 22 I'm going to pick. I'm, I'm going to pick two, uh, and I'll start off with Matt Green. And he is the third baseman for Liggett, and he's kind of like the forgotten child of that team because that team is so loaded with Division One commits. I mean, you got service committed to Texas, and Reggie Sharp and Jaren Purify committed to Michigan, and Kurt Barr committed to Michigan, um, and plenty other of plenty other good players on that team as well. Uh, Jones committed to Michigan State, and uh, the the other Jones, the twin brother Jones Ryan, probably going to go play some high baseball as well. So a lot of good players, but Matt Green is, I mean, might be their best. I wouldn't say he's their best pure hitter, but uh, he's one of their more reliable hitters. I would say last year he found barrels as much as anyone did, uh, and he was a stud, an absolute star for us in the summer as well. And uh, you know he's uncommitted, and so you know in, in his journey it's a little bit different in his recruitment because his goals are really academic before anything else. So he's had a. It would be nice to have him on um, if he ends up deciding to play baseball. I don't know if I'll, I don't know if he'd want to come on and talk about how his recruitment's been. You know something that's been tough for him to navigate but uh in finding a, a spot for him in the ivy league you know and, and something at that level is really what he's chasing and he could have so many opportunities uh elsewhere but prioritizing those academics has been so important for him but as a player i mean we both said it I mean, he's terrific he's he's just goes in there and finds barrels and battles through counts and he plays really good defensively he can even go on the mound and throw for you not in the college level but he can go do that for you at the high school level and the, and the travel level so yeah i'll go with matt green and then uh my other 22 is marcus Patton out of ipsy lincoln and i'm gonna stray away from the arsenal theme here after this round i promise but uh yeah i think marcus was i mean he hit a home run off of josh klug he hit a home run off of sam schaefer um he had i think four total last year but he was just a, a machine for us in big spots he we were playing richmond braves a really excellent team and we bases loaded i believe there was two outs maybe one but either way bases loaded in a three two game i think and he blew it open cleaned the bases hit a double down in georgia and it was just big moments for him and he hadn't really played he had been playing pretty good baseball up until that point but he hadn't seen the pitching that we were seeing and i think a lot of us were wondering like okay marcus has all these he's he's huge just strong uh you know, he, he, we want, we want him to get better at base running and he's laughing here and that don't worry, but like, he's faster than what you would think for his size. And he's more athletic than he's given credit for, for his size, but we didn't know how it was going to translate. You know how it goes in summer ball. Like you put a kid in there and you're, and you're wondering how he's going to handle the thick of things. And Marcus handled it as good as anybody could have handled it. And he was one of our better hitters last year. He was a, he was glued to the middle of our order last year and a really talented lineup. So yeah, I think Marcus is another guy who, um, who's going to, a team's going to, it's program's going to be really lucky. He might play some high division two, uh, middle division two type of baseball, but he's going to when wherever he goes, he's going to be, uh, not just a great teammate character wise. And that's, that's different than what we're talking about, but regardless of just that, like he's going to pound, he's going to eat baseballs for you. So, uh, those are my two, my next two. Um, all right. I'm going to stick in 23. Then There's just so many damn good uncommitted players in 23 yet in the state. Like D1 guys that are uncommitted in the state yet. Um, talked about one. I need to mention Easton's story. I know he got hurt. I know he had Tommy John, the lefty from Brighton. Um, 
again, left-handed, was up to 91-92 with a real curveball last summer before he got hurt. Uh, no, he's working his ass off and working to get back this this spring. Um, I don't know exactly what the timeline is there, not that it matters, but I, I think he'll be full go for the summer at the very least so coaches can see him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, when it was right, it was up to 91-92 with a real breaker and he threw strikes and he does it with his left hand. So definitely uh, some things to look there. Um, I've tweeted about this kid before. I like Braden Dow from Brother Rice, the left-handed hitting outfielder, took Tommy Allman deep on like the second damn pitch of the game um, at Jimmy John's last year at the the Catholic League final uh, when I was still there watching it. Um, Yeah, I just, (laughs) left-handed bat, I I think he can hit, he can work both gaps, he's got some power, good athlete, not a burner, 6'7", 6'8", runner, um, solid arm from the outfield, think there's a chance he plays center, either way, like, left-handed bat who can hit and, and maybe play all three spots in the outfield. I, th- I think that's a good player. And his teammate, Alex Cheeseman, uh, there's actually three of them there, uh, uncommitted guys, if you include uh, Presley Fortino. I'll talk about him too. But um, Alex Cheeseman, the shortstop at Rice, smaller kid. Uh, smaller's not very nice. He's not small, but 5'11", 180. He's not overly physical. Um, 6'5 runner, really good speed, arm strength plays from the left side of the infield. He's got some pop, right-handed bat. Uh, we've seen the exit velos, low mid-90s, just lots of traits there, lots of tools. And, and I mentioned, obviously, Presley Fortino, uh, the other of the that Rice trio of uncommitted 23s. Uh, right-handed hitting outfielder, left-handed thrower, has some two-way upside, probably just best as a bat overall, um, but some power in the right-handed swing, you know, corner outfield profile, good athlete, like we said just you know those, those three guys i know they're all rice guys um and that's i'm not supposed to talk about rice guys right being a saint mary's guy but anyways <laughs> uh, like like those three they'll obviously be three huge parts to what will be a very good rice team this year and i would imagine all of them will have plenty of opportunity to play baseball beyond uh, high school i will stick with 2023 class here and I'll go with Wells Graham out of South, Gross Point South. Uh, you know, he's played at the highest level uh, summer ball for, I mean, the better part of his whole career, I would imagine. And he's done really well doing so. He did it did it last year. He'll surely do it again this year. And then last year as a, as a sophomore in the spring was a, a natural leader for his team and really stepped up on the mound and at the plate. I think he was, you know, probably our best hitter last year outside of Jacob Harris. I think those two both were, were right there. And then, uh, yeah, as an infielder, he's just terrific. I mean, he, he played a, you know, we had Riker Maisie, who was probably, you could put him in that group too, was one of our better hitters, him, Harris, and, and Graham were our three best hitters unequivocally. And Riker played a terrific shortstop for South last year, but Wells is going to step in there and probably play it just as well. Uh, and he's got a sure-handed glove. And you talk about not being physical, and, you know, Wells has gotten more physical during the offseason, but it is his frame that kind of limits him, I think, in uh, the recruiting department. But he's a gamer, man. He shows up, and he plays on the same level as everyone around him, if not more. He exceeds it and tries to, and he's just a fierce competitor. And I think teams want that. I think programs want guys like that. They're going to come in and kind of push everyone around him to be better and hold themselves accountable while holding others accountable. And that's the kind of guy you're getting in Wells. And he, he pounds the baseball. I mean, he took uh, Blaze Wasinski – uh, deep last year on the second, third pitch of the game against Brother Rice, and he broke the window of the building that sits behind left field of Brother Rice. So, like, he's not just a bat to ball, like, put the ball a short line drive over the second baseman's head kind of guy, like, go the other way, small ball, works in high school, not going to work in college. He's he's legit. Like, he, he pounds the baseball. He hits the ball far, you know. So uh, I will take Wells with that one. And then 
I guess to round this out, I guess this is six technically, um, but I guess to round this out, I would be silly to not think about Sam Schaefer. I mean, he's one of those guys where he's kind of settled into being a pitcher. Um, I think he was a good hitter and a really good infielder, um, but it seems like he's settled into pitching now. And dude, he's got a lot of projection there, in my opinion. Uh, not a scout, but it seems that way because he's gone to this real low three quarters arm slot with all this arm side run. We heard uh, McKay talk about it in the player draft, which you guys will hear uh, next episode, and just how it, how it, what it's like to face him and how um, you know. I guess how difficult it is to face a guy like that who's coming in from from that that arm slot with movement, uh, tunneling well because he's got two different fastballs that move differently. He's got the the slider and the curveball that move differently, so it's it's hard to pick up on. And he's a guy that's really difficult to hit off of, and he's going to produce not just a lot of swing and misses, but a lot of ground balls, and that's what you're looking for. Like you're, you're going to sometimes have to pitch to contact in college baseball, and if that contact can be more ground balls than not, then then, then great. And speaking of ground balls, Alex Mooney was a vacuum for Duke. The other day i was yeah. seeing that with with a lot of ground balls so yeah you got a guy like schaefer in your program who's going to produce a lot of those with a good infield behind you and i think you're putting yourself in a good spot now i don't know if he's a starter reliever closer whatever it may be um but he's got to be one of the better pitchers in that class that's getting overlooked a little bit i think that 24 is still early now for us to be like oh he's uncommitted what's wrong like 24 is still early for that um 23 is like we talk about 23 is okay now it's recruiting time like you know let's talk about that 24 obviously a lot of guys have committed but it's not like if you're an uncommitted 24 it's have a good spring have a good summer don't worry about it yet like honestly do not worry about it um so i don't want to spend too much time on 24s but i will point to like we talked about nathan fidelino at grand blank we talk about parker brustevich at st mary's preston Barr at Liggett. we've talked about those guys um i wanted to point to a little bit of an under radar under the radar guy his name's gibson sankey s-i-n-k-e i don't know if you pronounce the e or not if it's just gibson sink that's my bad i apologize but anyways uh west side of the state guy hudsonville high school um skinny lefty long kind of lower slot 84 86 now i've seen some video looks really interesting um just a guy to have on the radar for this summer this spring and summer because if he comes out like if the video looks like it does and he's 86 88 then all of a sudden he's kind of gonna have his pick i think of of where he goes to play so i just a a name to watch there in the 24 class again i don't think 24 is in in any rush nor should they be but uh but yeah i close it down there we'll do that once in a while especially on a week where we have interviews and and we're just kind of looking to fill time with with brandon and i talk and we can do some uncommitted stuff and especially like it made sense to do it now i just saw a ton you know, it'll make sense to do it at some point in the season when guys are popping off and it'll make sense to do something maybe like a one-off episode in the summer where we come together just to talk about uncommitted guys from the state we've seen. Um, but either way, like I, a lot of talent in the state, we don't need to rehash that. We've talked about it nonstop, but, uh, but yeah. And to not sort of bury the lead a little bit. Yes. Our guest picker on the team, pardon me, our guest picker on the team draft episode is Dan Greisbaum Jr., who you all know. He was on it last year. Great job. Um, But we added a picker for the player draft this year, and we added a player, uh, and that's Ryan McKay from St. Mary's, the second baseman there who Brandon knows well, and obviously I know pretty well. Ryan picked with us. So uh, three-person 
player draft. We each picked 15 players. We had some rules. You'll hear you'll hear all about it in the episode itself. Um, but with that being said, Brandon, unless I'm missing something, you want to take this right into the interviews? Yeah, let's uh, let's take you guys right into our conversation with West Bloomfield head coach Josh Bernberg on the other side of this audio. All right, so for our first interview on this episode of Cold Weather Bats, we are joined by one of the younger, more accomplished coaches in the state for his age, Josh Bernberg, head coach at West Bloomfield, also the head coach of the D-Back 17U national team. Uh, Josh was a shortstop at West Bloomfield in high school uh, and has since come back to coach uh, where he graduated from. And with that being said, Josh, welcome to the show. Appreciate it, fellas. It's an honor to be here, and I really appreciate you having me on. So, Josh, take us through a little bit of your or your journey, how you got to where you're at now. Uh, a lot of coaches out there uh, around your age, our age, I should say, who uh, you know have the aspirations um, of being a head coach at the high school level and at the summer level. What was your journey like? Where did you start, and how did you get to the point where you're at now? Yeah, absolutely. So um, when my playing career ended, which was uh, in my first season over there, Eastern Michigan, um, I was lucky enough to get a scholarship to go there out of uh, out of high school and kind of new coaching staff over there. And, you know, no excuses or anything, but a lot of guys in our, in our class ended up leaving um, and, and going to different schools. So a lot of kids went on to play baseball at other places. And, you know, I kind of just went the academic route and next best thing after playing is, is getting into coaching. So I realized shortly after I was done playing that I missed the game and, and missed the competition and, and wanted to get back involved. And um, coaching was the best way to do it. So um, started coaching at the travel ball route, uh, coached a little bit with the, with the Michigan Bulls and Sean Gallagher over there and was lucky enough to coach with the Hit Dogs and the Leonards as well. And, um, you know, from there, as, as the seasons went on and started to get more and more comfortable coaching, um, you know, the opportunity at West Bloomfield um, presented itself and I've had a great relationship with the AD who is Eric Pierce over there and he was my varsity baseball coach when I played there so um, I've had a great relationship with him through the years and um, you know I was lucky enough to to come back and get it I always told him that at some point it would be a dream to to come back and, and coach at a place that was that was so special to me obviously I never thought it would be at such a young age but very grateful for the opportunity and it, it's been a blast so far. Josh, can you uh, can you speak a little bit to the the history of West Bloomfield baseball? You know, various players that have come through uh, the history of the program, and then at the same time, uh, take us through what your approach has been as since you've been in there. Like what you're looking to do when establishing a program. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I've my brothers went to West Bloomfield High School um, also, and they're much older than me. So. Um, when I was a real, real little, I mean, I was always going to either West Bloomfield basketball games or whatever the case may be. And then as I started to get a little older in the, in the middle school, I started following the baseball program a little bit and was fortunate enough to even practice with those guys a little bit. So started to keep track of, uh, some players that, that came through there. And then obviously, you know, we had some real good players during my, during my four years there, you know, everyone is probably familiar with the days on Coles of the world and, Chandler Cedats and, and players like that, Robbie Jones. And, um, you know, there was a lot of good players that went through there. Um, and it's always just, I think, pride themselves on a, a rich winning tradition there. Um, you know, obviously the, the state titles will hopefully come sooner rather than later, but a lot of really good teams have come through West Bloomfield that have won a lot of games. And 
something we always strive for is winning 20 plus games. I'd say anyone in the high school ranks knows if you win 20 plus, it's a, it's a pretty good season. Um, and then obviously chasing after big titles and, and making it run the playoffs as well. But, you know, as far as, you know, what the program wants to look like, you know, for me, when I took over is I think number one thing is, is trying to get these guys the best opportunity to play at the next level. Um, it's always something that's been very, very important to me. So, um, you know, I do everything I can to get those guys, those opportunities, um, and, and that's always been the number one goal. And obviously winning is, is shortly after that. I mean, it's, you know, we, we want to have fun with this game and it's hard to do so when you're not winning. So, you know, in order to win, it takes a lot of really good kids and a lot of really good baseball players. And I think I've been fortunate in my time coaching, whether it's travel or high school to be surrounded by a lot of really, really good talent. So that always makes us coaches look a lot better than we actually are. And I hope that we keep getting a lot of talent to come through the high school. And, and I'm pretty sure that we will. So you talk about how long you've been at West Bloomfield. And I mean, I played at the high school field plenty of times in summer ball back in uh, the glory days and then coached at it. Now field looks a little bit different. Facilities look a little bit different. The school and the inside looks a little bit different, all better, you know, much better. So talk about the the facility improvements, how that's uh, assisted you in, in your job, not just in uh, coaching West Bloomfield, but also in keeping kids in West Bloomfield, uh, just, you know, public school wise, two public school coaches here talking to each other, unlike our, uh, you know, friend here, Brian, talk yeah. about keeping kids uh, <laughs> in WB and being able to do so with the facilities you have now. Absolutely. So it's always a challenge, right? With, especially a place like West Bloomfield. And as you know, other public schools is, um, you know, good athletes want to, you know, sometimes go the private school route, which is, is totally cool. Never going to knock a kid for, for looking for great opportunities. But I mean, as you mentioned, I think that you hit on it perfectly. I, I think that the new field we have there, which a lot of people have played at now, whether they come to play us in the spring or whether they play there in the summer, um, you know, they see the altar field and, you know, things are kind of really starting to shape up there. Um, I think that we'll be getting some stadium seating and a press box hopefully um, by this season. So, you know, great place to play. I mean, I think the best part about it is for the kids sake is that I think we get, you know, basically all our games in. So I don't know if we'll be lucky enough to do that again this year, but last year, we were lucky enough where all 38 games on our schedule, we got all of them in. So, um, you know, with the Michigan weather that, that we face in the spring, that's a really hard thing to accomplish. So if you want to play a lot of games and have an opportunity to play at a division one high school that has a rich tradition of winning, I mean, you know, I think there's a great opportunity for that to happen at West Bloomfield. And, um, you know, I think we've had a lot of kids maybe stay in the district, um, that would have left in the past, um, to be honest with you. So I think they've seen that there's been a lot of winning going on and, and obviously the field is a, is a great asset in order to keep kids there. So it's been a win-win situation for us as far as everything goes and keeping, keeping care of it. I mean, as you said, you, you played at the old field. So we went really from one of the worst fields in the state, to, to one of the best fields. So it was quite a turnaround and something that couldn't have happened at a better time for when I took over. Josh, you, we've talked to, to a bunch of different coaches on this show since we started at summer ball, high school ball, guys who coach both. You obviously coach both. Uh, a question I like to ask is what have you taken from your experience coaching summer ball to coaching high school ball and vice versa? Absolutely. No, it's a great question. And, um, you know, to be honest with you, I, like I told you, I've been doing travel ball for maybe four or five years before I got back in the high school game. And it's just totally different. Um, you know, this, uh, this last year was my first year coaching the COVID year would have been, but obviously it got canceled. So this last year was my first taste back in varsity baseball action since I played. So, 
um, totally different game, right? I mean, there's just a lot more goes into it. And, you know, I, you have that debate with everyone, whether they like high school ball more or travel ball more. And, you know, I love both of them, um, always have as a player and, and now as a coach. So it's just totally different. Um, you know, I think in the summer, to be quite honest with you, um, obviously everyone loves to win and wants to play on the best teams and play in the best tournaments, but I think it's more of a time for kids to get looked at as far as recruiting goes and, and opportunities at the next level. And, um, you know, the high school season is so special because it's really playing with like guys you grew up with forever and seeing school all day, every day, and then get to go practice for two or three hours after school and then, uh, be blessed to have the opportunity to go compete in games with them. So, um, you know, I, I love both of them. Um, it's, it's great to be able to do both of them. Um, I think that the style of play at both levels is totally different. I see a lot more high school teams going to the small ball route um, and, and colder coaches that maybe had a different style of play for a long time. And then in summer, you know, you don't see a lot of kids bunting. Um, like I said, kids are trying to get looks and, and want to be able to show what they can do at the bat. So two totally different styles of play. Um, like I said, I've kind of been doing travel ball at the older ages. So um, a lot hasn't changed there as far as me trying to get kids looks, um, whether it's high school or summer. But um, a lot of similarities between the two, but also a lot of differences. And I think there's a lot of great things that, that both have to offer. So let's shift gears here a little bit. We kind of, you know, poked a little fun there at summer ball and got into it just a little bit. Let's shift gears over to it fully. You're coaching the D-backs elite national team. You've coached uh, a couple of teams here past couple of years with uh, with the D-backs. This will be, I think it's your second season. Uh, and then you mentioned the two uh, organizations you've coached with prior to that, the Bulls and the Hit Dogs, you know, three of the better uh, organizations in the state. So talk about uh, your team this year, the national team, uh, Elephant in the Room. Josh and I coach this team together. So we'll just get that out of the way for context for those at home. Uh, but just dive into what you've learned this year so far, uh, especially this winter uh, with this team that's really a national team, quote unquote, and has a couple of of national players, but is very much so a statewide team more than anything else. Absolutely. So um, I'm, I'm happy to get back in the 17U. 18U was awesome. Um, I did an 18U team last year in the D-backs organization. And um, basically by the time I took it over, almost everyone was already committed. So um, that was awesome. But I like being back at the 17U level where, yeah, we do have some commitments, obviously, but um, a lot of uncommitted kids as well. So, I mean, I think that whole process is fascinating in itself, just how every kid has a different route um, and how the recruiting process is going and in order to get to the next level. So, yeah, I mean, just to touch on the team a little bit, and I don't know if you want to go into to players specifically or not, but obviously playing a national type schedule, right? So as you touched on, our, our position players are all in-state kids. We have a few pitchers that will obviously be coming from out of state and even into Canada as well, but playing a, a national schedule. So I think that's really where that name and the team name comes from from when you know we're going to Alabama once, Georgia twice, Grand Park and Cincinnati. So um, I haven't really seen a Michigan-based team have that type of summer schedule before. So um, you know we got a lot of really good players that that we think that we're going to be able to go into those places and compete. Um, we just didn't want to go there just to go there. We wanted to bring a team that we think can hang and compete with all those top teams. And I think that that we've developed that and where practices have been going well. And excited for these guys' high school season to start and and get them ready to go for summer. All right, Josh, uh, one last thing for you here before we let you go. Somewhere there's probably somebody, not to toot our own horn, but we do have a, a nice little demographic. Somewhere somebody is a, is a young coach right now listening to this, uh, trying to learn something. Or maybe there is a senior in high school who's playing this year who hasn't decided if he wants to play or coach or whatever it may be. But either way, somebody out there 
want some advice from from you, one of the more well accomplished younger coaches uh, in the entire state. Uh, so give some advice on the number one thing you've learned, or maybe not the number one, but just give me something that you've learned uh, from the jump here uh, that you know now that you didn't know then. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think that what I've been able to do a good job at is take a little bit from from all the great baseball minds I've been around, right? So obviously I had some really good coaches and even opponents and, and different coaches from other teams I've played against that I've been able to pick their brain over the last few years since I've, since I've gotten involved in coaching and um, been able to use some of the things they've told me to, to really enhance, you know, what I've been able to do. And then obviously just stay true to yourself. So it's great to take things from everyone, but you got your own way of doing things and, and that's okay too. So as long as you can combine all the things and, and you have a love for the game and love to compete and, and want to be around these kids and, and have a positive impact on their life. I mean, coaching is, has been a phenomenal thing and has been awesome so far. And I can't wait to see what the future holds and would definitely encourage young kids that, that have a, you know, an itch maybe to get into coaching when their playing career is over. I would definitely encourage them to take that leap. All right, Josh, uh, we really appreciate you coming on and best of luck this season with uh, West Bloomfield as well as with the D-backs. Appreciate it, fellas. Thank Thank you again for having me on. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Josh. No, you too. All right, we are here with 2023 infielder Jonah St. Antoine. He is committed to Pitt uh, and is from the state of Michigan uh, and playing for the D-backs this summer. So, Jonah, talk a little bit about your decision to commit to Pitt and what went into that and just the recruitment process in general because, you know, we don't see a lot of Michigan guys go to the East Coast to play uh, Power 5 baseball. So just talk about your decision to head to the ACC and be a Panthers. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was a really a big decision, as you know. Um, it's East Coast, and um, it's a really big school, so we wanted to make sure it's the right fit. Um, so we for the recruiting process, I was on D-backs for the summer last summer, and we went to a lot of down south um, tournaments like WBBA and a lot of bigger tournaments like that. Um, but where they saw me actually was at a PBR event, um, down in Georgia, it was, uh, future games, PR future games. And they, um, really liked what I, they saw. I did really good down there and my numbers were really good. So they really liked what I saw and they, um, reached out automatically and were very interested in me and, I think that's one of the reasons why I liked them so much because they were just so committed into me um, and like all the, the whole process, like they, everything felt right. Um, so they really liked me and they talked to me about every week and wanted me to come down for a visit um, to see the campus and the baseball facilities. So that was, um, like breathtaking to me. Um, it was always a dream of mine to play um, Division One baseball, and especially at a really big school like that. It was uh, very, very exciting for me and my family. So as uh, we went down there, we scheduled uh, a visit, and right as we got down there, they were uh, very nice to me. Um, they showed me around. Uh, they treated it like, I was uh, home there. Um, I got to see everything. Um, the facilities were very nice, and uh, the coaches were even better. They 
were very personable. Um, would, uh, would, then again, uh, the whole thing was just very personal, and I felt like I was home there. So it, it was a very um, big decision, but I felt like it was an easier decision just because they wanted me that badly, and they took um, strives like to really get to know me. And I thought that was a really uh, big deal. Jonah, uh, being a West Michigan guy, Grand Rapids guy, Forest Hills Northern High School, uh, a lot of our listening audience is probably from Metro Detroit. So they might have not mm-hmm. seen you play yet. Um, mm-hmm. Describe your game to us. What makes you good? Um, I think I bring a lot to the table. Um, infield uh, and at the plate. Um, also, like my leadership qualities, um, I'm one of the bigger uh prospects on my high school team so i really need to uh like i really show my teammates how to act um when we're in situations where we need to win a game but i would say my hitting is probably the one thing that caught uh, pitt's eyes my bp round in um down in georgia at the pbr future games was very good and just all around i think i'm a a pretty good hitter and I think that's what they liked about me a lot and just the fact that I'm very athletic um I'd be a multi-sport athlete not now but I used to play uh basketball and a little bit of tennis so it I think they just liked um that I was a very multi-sport athlete and very athletic so you talked a little bit about playing basketball and, and being a multi-sport athlete uh, how much does it mean to you to spend your off season now? You said you used to play basketball, so you're no longer playing it. Uh, so how important is it for you to train in the off season? And what have you been doing to, to train in the off season, uh, this year? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's actually been pretty nice not having basketball just because I would lose so much weight, uh, every year playing it. Um, I'd get shin splints a lot. So uh, I took the executive decision to, uh, uh, quit basketball and just focus on baseball since I've committed. Um, but it's really nice. I can really focus on the speed element and just getting bigger and stronger um, to play at the college level and it, to play in the ACC. You have to be um, to up to a certain standard. And I thought this would really um, take me to the next level in my like training and everything so I can um, in the future star at Pitt. All right. Take us through uh, how you think FHN Forest Hills Northern is going to be this spring. Like, are you guys going to find your way into the cold weather bet super 25? We're going to win a district, mm-hmm. win a regional. Mm-hmm. Tell us what you think. Yeah. So our high school team actually has um, a lot of good pitching. We have one kid committed to Canisius. Um, I don't know if you guys, Known that school, but it's a D1 school out in mm-hmm. Buffalo, I think. Um, so that's good. He's a big lefty. So we'll have him. And then we have another lefty, actually, that um, has a lot of uh, looks and offers from like Mac schools and some D2 schools. So that'll be good for us to have. And then uh, my younger brother, actually, is a pretty good baseball player. So I think we'll be pretty good. I think, um, our district, we have Rockford. Um, they're always usually pretty good on our side of the state, but we have a grudge on them. We lost to them in the regionals last year. So I think we'll, um, pull away in our districts 
and beat Rockford this year. All right. We love, uh, we love February predictions, Baltimore material. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, yeah, Rockwood always has a good team and, and the West side, we learned last year, West side teams like Grand Ledge, uh, for instance, and Grand Rapids Central mm-hmm. Catholic and plenty of schools, Forest Hills Northern and all of them, uh, really provide good, solid baseball portage, all those schools as well. And when they come over mm-hmm. to the East side to play, it's always a good time. So, uh, hopefully we're able to cross paths at some point and see that, uh, Jonah, obviously I will be with you this summer, uh, with the D backs. So yeah. looking forward to getting that going. Uh, we had a D backs episode with, uh, coach Bernberg on the show as well. Uh, so I look forward to seeing you soon we appreciate you coming on. Congratulations on your commitment to Pittsburgh, uh, and then good luck this spring at FHN and I'm sure we'll see you. Thank you. Appreciate it guys. Yeah, absolutely. We want to thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of Cold Weather Bats. As we have stated earlier in the show, there is plenty of episodes coming out each week for the next few weeks is covered. And then when we get into March and tryouts happen, we'll be doing a full preview show, breaking down our state championship picks, uh, maybe even some regional picks. We'll break down a few of the bigger leagues around, uh, pick out some some teams to look out for, maybe that are overlooked. Uh, And we will, of course, be releasing the preseason CWB Super 25. uh, And that will, again this year, be a weekly installment. So looking forward to it. Really appreciate everyone's support out there uh, for being with us, sticking with us, listening to us, and uh, bearing through the winter of a little bit of slow uh, rollout of the show this year. But trust me, uh, we are coming at you with some big stuff in 2022 during the spring, during the season, and then, of course, during the summer. So we look forward to talking to you guys next week. Excited to share the uh, player episode with you guys and, of course, the team draft episode as well. So follow us on Twitter at ColdWeatherBats, Instagram at ColdWeatherBats. You can find Brian and myself on Twitter just by searching our names and seeing us on there. Uh, and with all that being said, that about does it so for brian skowski and myself and the cold weather bats crew along with super producer james we will see you guys next week enjoy your dead period to the players at home